0: All right, thank you. If you want to um, turn to the book of James. pastor um, texted me about a week and a half ago um, to tell me that I was going to be doing tonight's um, message. And initially, I wasn't 100% sure what I was going to talk about, uh, what I was going to preach on. But recently, because in life groups I've been teaching the youth age group, and um, I had one of the boys in there ask me what my favourite book of the Bible was recently. And so thinking about it, I'm not sure if I have a favourite as such, but out of the New Testament, I think James is definitely one of my favourite books. Um, I've heard it described... As, like, the um, Proverbs of the New Testament. And I kind of like that description because it's just full of wisdom. Um, there's, yeah, there's just a lot to unpack in James. So we'll read um, James chapter 1 and verses 2 to 8, and then I'll pray and we'll get into it. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for tonight. I just thank you for the opportunity that we have together here, Lord. And just thank you for the fact that we have your word, Lord. Thank you for that gift to us. And Lord, I just pray that as I... Just bring some thoughts, Lord, out of the book of James here. Just pray that you'd uh, speak through me, Lord. And just pray that that there'd be something that we can each take away from this tonight, Lord. And just pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, one of the reasons why I like James is because James just gets straight into it with his first point. There's like one verse of introduction, who James is and who he's writing to, and then he gets straight into um, his first topic. And with my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Um, which doesn't seem to make logical sense to us at first because most of us are trying to avoid um, falling into diverse temptations. That is, that's what we're actively working against. But James' instruction is to counter joy, that it should actually bring us joy um, when these things come into our lives. And he gives his reasons for it um, in verses 3 and 4 because the trying of your faith worketh patience. Um, and then leading on verse four, um, let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And the, the, perfect, the perfection that's being spoken about here has to do with being complete and with not lacking um, anything. And so this completeness is what God can do in our lives, um, as the final result of our faith being tested. So because, um, because we have faith, God can try that faith and develop us, complete us, and make us more like who he is. And there's actually a very similar thought um, in Romans 5, which I noticed on Sunday morning when Phil Parry was speaking. So if, we just wanna, if you just want to turn to Romans 5, we can look at a few different passages. Um, But I was kind of struck by this, almost like a um, parallel passage. I'll read the first five verses. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So here in Romans 5, it's talking about tribulations that we should glory in, because the tribulations work patience. And over in James, we see the trying of your faith um, through these temptations, Work with patience. And so, in both cases, God's using these things in our lives um, to develop our patience and through that um, to make us more complete and more like who he is. Um, So I just I just find that quite interesting that there's this process here that James is talking about and that Paul talks about in Romans. But then in verse 5, it almost seems like it's a change of topic. So James 1, 5, it says, "'If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, "'that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, "'and it shall be given him.'" So it it seems a bit like a change in topic where it switches from um, the joy that we should have in temptation and how God's using patience um, and developing us to make us more like himself, but then there's a bit of a change in focus to talk about if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so I think what we see there um, is that clearly a part of that perfection, a part of that completion that God wants us to have is God's wisdom. And so that's my main, my main thought for tonight is on wisdom itself, um, particularly from this first chapter in James. And I basically have three points. So the first one is what is wisdom or what is God's wisdom? Because I looked up wisdom in a dictionary and uh, found this definition. It says the ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. So, the ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. And it's like, that seems like a pretty reasonable definition for wisdom. Um, that's kind of how I think most people would try to define it somewhat in those terms. You might not quite have the dictionary sort of wording down pat, but that's kind of where you'd be going for. But biblical wisdom is a little bit different to that. Um, God's wisdom is not the same as the wisdom that we have naturally as people. Um, If you want to turn with me um, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we are going to be flipping back and forth a little bit, so I hope that you have your Bibles. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter two, um, verses four to seven. It says, "And my speech, <coughs> excuse me, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God." Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. And so we see here very clearly that there's a contrast between the wisdom that is in the world, between man's wisdom, and between um, God's wisdom. Um, And so... Paul here specifically says that when he came and he was teaching and preaching, it wasn't with the wisdom that man has, but it was um, with God's wisdom. And we see here, once again, verse 6, it says, howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. And so you see here, once again, that there's a certain certain, uh, challenge, I guess, in understanding God's wisdom. There's a certain level of uh, maturity and spiritual development for us to be able to understand God's wisdom and to be able to um, just put that into place. Um, Proverbs 2, verse 6. Uh, we'll look at a couple of quick verses in Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Once again, we see God is actually the source of biblical wisdom. Um, and then Proverbs nine ten is a similar thought. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And so we're seeing a bit of a, another clue there in how we can get wisdom. But true wisdom comes from God and not just from our own life experience, not just from um, what we've um, learned uh, through seeing the way things are. And I was thinking about this, uh, and we won't turn there, but I think most of you will remember the story of when the um, children of Israel were in the wilderness and they didn't have water. And so the first time that happened, God instructed Moses to strike the rock with his rod and Moses did that, and God provided water through the rock, and God God worked through Moses there to provide for a need that the children of Israel had. And so the second time it happened that the children of Israel were lacking water, God gave Moses different instructions this time. God gave Moses the instruction to speak to the rock, but Moses relied on his own wisdom, his own experience, and Moses struck the rock a second time. He just followed the same thing that had worked for him the first time he did it, and that was directly against what God wanted. And so Moses missed out on blessing that day because he was trusting his own experience rather than trusting in what God's actual will for him was. And so I just want you to, if there's anything that you can remember from tonight, it's just that God's wisdom isn't the same as the wisdom that you can get just through life experience, just through seeing how things work uh, and just um, developing that over time. God can actually give you a better wisdom than that so the second the second point, the second question that I have is when do we need wisdom and I think I think that the you can probably guess at the answer to that question. Um, It says in verse five, if any of you lack wisdom. And so I was thinking about this. um, I remembered a story from earlier this year. A group of us were down um, in Port Macquarie um, on our way down to Sydney for TNS. And we were spending a few days in Port Macquarie. And there's some pretty nice beaches there. So myself, um, my brother Joshua and Levi Davy, we decided we we're gonna t- take a walk along the beaches the one morning. So we went down to the beach. Obviously on the beach, it's nice to walk barefoot. Um, so we all took our shoes off. It's a bit annoying to carry your shoes along the beach though. So we all deposited our shoes um, in a bit of a hidden spot near the entrance to the beach. Went off walking down the beach, which was good. It was enjoyable. Um, except that the beach wasn't very long. Um, so we kind of got to the end of the beach and wanted to keep walking. And we could sort of see there were some rocks and stuff. It was a bit of a point with some rocks. And then on the other side of that, we could see that the beach continued. So we were like, yeah, why not? We can just cross these rocks and keep going along that beach, um, which we did. It was a little bit uncomfortable. The rock was fairly sharp and we were all barefoot. Uh, So we crossed it, kept going. That beach was also short. And so long story short, we kept on going along, crossing a few sections of rock. And each time, it was kind of a little bit worse. Uh, As we got off the main beach, we started to find a lot more broken glass in the rocky sections. And there's like a section where there's a bit of a path, but there was like some building rubble and stuff that somebody had dumped there. so we keep going until we get to this beach where instead of sand, it's all just these rocks over the whole beach. And we're walking along and kind of counting the broken bottles as we, <laughs> as we walk through. Uh, and we're like, well, clearly this isn't a great idea, but also we're pretty far in and we don't really want to have to turn back and head out the whole way we came, because we got through it that time, but you know, we might not do as well coming back. So we checked the map, I had a bit of a look at that, and we were like, okay, up at the top of the hill behind the beach, there's an actual path, and that's probably a good idea. And we can kind of see what looks like it's probably a path going up the hill towards that. So we can just take that and follow it up um, and get to the safe path. So it seems straightforward, went up the hill, it turned out not to be so much of a path. Um, we found, we found a rusty knife in the grass. <laughs> um, and we were like, this is probably not a good idea. And it was about at that point that one of us was like, maybe we should be praying that we can get out of this <laughs> With that, <laughs> without injury. Um, so we managed, managed to get up to the top. And as we get to the top, we see um, multiple signs on the way back, warning about snakes on the... Um, <laughs> On the hill. And so I was just thinking about that, and that's kind of a little bit how we live life quite often, that we keep going, we're making our own decisions based on what we can see around us. Um, we feel pretty confident in what we're doing, and it's only really when things start getting bad, when we may be a little bit unsure about what we should be doing, uh, when things start to fall apart a little bit, that's when we're like, oh, now we should actually go to God ask him for help to get out of the situation, ask him for his wisdom, and just, you know, seek him. Um, and so, when do we need wisdom? We need wisdom all the time. And I was reminded as well of the story of the um, Gibeonites. I believe that pastor spoke about it recently. But what happened there was the children of Israel were entering the Promised Land, they're entering Canaan, they were supposed to drive out everybody, and the Gibeonites, which came from like one of the important cities in that region, they knew what was going on. And so they sent some men to speak to the Israelites. But they were sneaky about it, wore old clothes, brought old food, pretended that they would come from very far away, and came to try to make a treaty acting as though they lived far away. And what happened was Joshua and other leaders in the children of Israel they looked at the Gibeonites, they looked at what they're wearing, they looked at what they're carrying, and they're like, their story makes sense, uh, it makes sense to us, uh, they must have heard about like, all the things that God's done, uh, even in the land so far away where they come from, we'll just make a treaty with them. And it specifically says in one verse there that they didn't ask God what they should do, they just looked at what they could see, and they were like, the decision seems obvious to us, and so they went ahead and they made that decision which had consequences that reached for many, many years down the track, many, many generations into the future. But they made that decision without stopping to ask God about what they should do, because they looked at the circumstances and thought, it seems really obvious what we should do here. And so I will say wisdom's particularly important for leaders, which is most of us in some capacity, Uh, As soon as you have people that are affected by the decisions that you make, um, you should really be seeking out God's wisdom as you go through life. And so the third point for tonight, how do we get wisdom? And so um, James 1, if we could just turn back there if you aren't there at the moment, verses 6 through 8, it says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so reading through this, at first I was like, it seems kind of a little bit harsh that God's offering this wisdom to anybody who asks, but yet there's this sort of like a clause, it's like the fine print. It's like, well, if you, if you ask, you can get wisdom, but not... Not if you wavering, then that's like, you know, that bans you from getting wisdom. But we we see that God provides wisdom and that he's willing and ready to give it to those who ask. But on the other hand, God also cares about our attitude and our motives when we're requesting wisdom. And so it says, but let him ask in faith. So our desire for wisdom should actually stem from our faith in God, and it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't just be that we're seeking out wisdom um, for our own benefit or just um, to try to avoid difficult things in life. Um, yes, God's wisdom will help you um, live life um, well, but your motive shouldn't just be seeking God's wisdom um, just for your own personal benefit. It says, let him ask in faith. Um, and so I was thinking Solomon is like the most well-known example of wisdom in the Bible I think when you talk about wisdom in a biblical context one of the first things that people think about is Solomon and even on Sunday morning I was talking to Nathan he asked me what I was going to preach on and I said wisdom so it's like oh surely it'll be about Solomon so it's like kind of just the first thing that people think about so if you want to turn to 1 Kings chapter 3, we're just going to look at a little bit of that story. When Solomon um, first requests that wisdom from God. Um, And just hold your place in James because we'll be back there in a moment. Um, But 1 Kings chapter 3, um, and basically, God appears to Solomon and God offers him essentially anything that he wants. God just says to Solomon, ask something of me. Um, And then in verses 7 to 9 of 1 Kings 3, we see a part of Solomon's response to the Lord. It says, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in, And thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? And so we see here, we see Solomon's humility in that, but we also see that Solomon, at least at this point, actually had a heart for the people that he was leading. And so it is his desire here that God would give him wisdom so that he would be able to do a good job of leading God's people. And so Solomon wanted God's people to be blessed through the wisdom that God gave him. He wasn't pursuing wisdom just for his own purposes, just for his own uh, fame or his own reputation. He had that genuine desire um, to be using God's wisdom um, to serve God's people. And so I think that's just an important um, important thing to keep in mind um, as as you as you seek God's wisdom, just remember your own motives in all of that. So in conclusion, I just want to have a look at um, James chapter three um, and I'll read verses thirteen to eighteen. Um, it says, "Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out a good conversation, his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your heights, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. And so what this reminds me a little bit of is the fruit of the Spirit. And so God wants to give us his wisdom And when we ask for his wisdom, and when we put God's wisdom into practice in our lives, it's going to make us more like God. It's going to bring out uh, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Um, And so God's wisdom isn't just about helping you to make good decisions that will benefit you, although it will do that. That will be one of the side effects of having God's wisdom will be making good decisions, which will ultimately benefit you. But it's really that God wants to change who you are and how you live and make you more like himself. And as a part of that, God wants to give you his wisdom. And so as you, as you continue through the week, as you continue through life, I just want you to keep that in mind. Keep in mind that, you, that God's wisdom is available to you and that God really wants you to have it, um, but it's up to you to seek it out and to put that into practice. So thank you, Jabez, I think you're up for the... um